Hello, everybody. Welcome to A Survivor's Guide to Hell, the podcast. I'm PJ Aubrey, here to challenge you to take a closer look at the bright side of things. Each week, we pick an unpleasant topic and share stories and information that will hopefully help you laugh, help you find a bright side, or even change your perspective on something. Thank you so much for listening. Today, our unpleasant topic is... Drawing a blank. When it comes to drawing a blank, we relate to you. If you're stuck on something in your life right now, we might have some good advice. Stay tuned. Picture me for a second. I'm 5 foot 6 and 120 pounds, though you can hardly discern either of those things because I'm slouching at my computer. I have brown curly hair that extends just past my shoulders, though there are shorter, messier strands that are sticking out of the baseball cap I stole from my husband. I keep brushing them impatiently out of my face. A half hour ago, I was sitting straight up, but now I'm nearly melting through my office chair and over the laptop keys as my lips whisper gibberish fragments of thought. How about... No, but maybe... Yeah, I guess, but... Dang it! This is me, or at least the version of me that I've been for the last half hour, as I hack away at the blank I'm drawing for this week's podcast. I have a list of topics I could draft a script for, but nothing seems quite right for Monday's publication. After watching that tiny white clock tick away in the corner of my laptop screen for long enough, I finally knew what unpleasant topic I had to talk about. Drawing a blank. Usually when I pick a topic, I already have a list of ideas to support the theme. Not today. Today is an experiment in jumping right into that blank. That's right. This week I'm coming up with this as I go. Act 1. Some of the coolest blanks that ever got filled. Would you believe it? Sometime between writing that introduction and writing this sentence, I got an idea. We're going to go over three tips that you can use when you're drawing a blank, taken from some of the smartest among us who have ever been stumped. There have been plenty of men and women facing much bigger stakes and much bigger blanks than I am. These were people that faced something far more serious than writer's block. In fact, they faced an entire future that was as uncertain as their unmade minds. The following two stories explain the tale of two different men with two different problems that have the potential to alter their entire future. Listen on to learn how their brain blanks led to massive successes that are still changing your life as you know it. Tip number one, get a change of scenery. You know those scenes in the movies where some hapless character, usually a dirty middle-aged man, stooped by too many years of hard labor, is digging up earth as part of some mundane chore? Then, as sudden as a snake bite, black, greasy fluid bubbles up through the last dent that the shovel made in the dirt. There's a lot of celebratory screaming and maybe a little jig on the part of that grimy man who knows he's discovered black gold, a.k.a. oil. The oil is so valuable that the man is financially set for life. This is because, as you may have guessed, oil can be hard to come by. And the harder something is to come by, the more expensive it is likely to be. This is the reason we mutter under our breath as we watch the price of the gas pump climb right past the ozone layer. The oil that made that gas does not come easy. Before 2001, extracting this oil from the ground was an even harder trick. If you can picture an offshore oil rig, 
you may already sense why. Most of you have probably seen these offshore oil rigs on television or online. They're veritable islands of metal, like a steampunk skyscraper that is designed to drill beneath the seabed and extract oil from beneath the ocean floor. These rigs are insanely expensive to build, especially compared to their inland relatives. The cheapest rig can cost about $200 million, but the average price is closer to $650 million. This is about the same as the GDP of Tonga and the Marshall Islands combined. Depending on who you ask, this sum of money could buy you about 60 islands, essentially enough to start your own country, all for one oil rig. The problem with these rigs was that there was only one direction they could drill, straight down. Underneath that ocean bed are countless pockets of oil. However, each metal island can only access the pocket directly beneath it. Anything else would require an entirely separate rig. Jap Van Balagujan, a chief engineer for Shell Oil Company, who will henceforth be known as Jop because I have no idea how to say his last name, knew about this oil pocket problem. According to Shell, he was tortured by these pockets of oil that were so close to each rig yet entirely out of their reach. In Shell's documentary-style commercial, Jop was explaining this very issue to a reporter and expressing his uncertainty on how to address the problem. The reporter asks... Do you mind if I make a suggestion? Not at all. I always find that the best cure for writer's block is a change of scene. Get away from the problem for a while. Job takes the advice. According to Shell, the true story is that Job returns home to take his teenage son out for a milkshake. When his kid is nearly done with the shake, he bends his straw, turns it upside down, and uses it to access the harder-to-reach parts of his glass. For Job, this was a eureka moment. He sets to designing the snake well. As you may have guessed, the well could angle away from its source, not unlike a bendy straw, to snake through surrounding oil deposits that could not have been reached before. In the Shell commercial, Jop explains, The beauty of this technology is that it means fewer wells, which means less disruption and less weight. Prolonging the life of oil fields across the world, whilst we continue developing alternative energy sources. my qualms with oil rigs, like a lot of people. But, like a lot of people, I still use oil-based products when an alternative is hard to come by. The Jop in the Shell commercial had a point. The snake well means less oil rigs. We can access oil at lower costs, and with less of an environmental expense. Are you feeling a little stumped about something? If it worked for good old Jop, who knows what a change of scenery, and maybe a milkshake, can do for you the next time you draw a blank. Tip number two, never stop learning. In 1972, a guy named Steve dropped out of college. It was Reed College, an expensive private institution in Portland, Oregon. And Steve had only completed one semester when he decided not to return. At least not officially. Steve wasn't just a lazy bum. In fact, the real reasons for his departure had roots that dated back to his birth. Steve's biological mother, Joanne Scheibel, had conceived him with a man named Abdel Fattah Jandali. Joanne's family were very dedicated Catholics who did not approve of her relationship with a Muslim man. She gave the baby away, never informing Abdel Fattah of the child. At first, baby Steve was meant to be given to a wealthy Catholic couple. Instead, he was adopted by Paul and Clara Jobs after the original couple changed their mind. 
Steve's biological mother nearly refused to sign the adoption papers for the less wealthy parents. But when Mr. and Mrs. Jobs promised to pay for the child's college education, Joanne relented. Fast forward to 1972, when the adult Steve Jobs decided he would not return for a second semester at Reed. I naively chose a college that was almost as expensive as Stanford. And all of my working class parents' savings were being spent on my college tuition. After six months, I couldn't see the value in it. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life and no idea how college was going to help me figure it out. And here I was, spending all the money my parents had saved their entire life. So I decided to drop out and trust that it would all work out okay. It was pretty scary at the time, but looking back, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. The minute I dropped out, I could stop taking the required classes that didn't interest me and begin dropping in on the ones that looked far more interesting. It wasn't all romantic. I didn't have a dorm room, so I slept on the floor in friends' rooms. I returned Coke bottles for the five-cent deposits to buy food with. And I would walk the seven miles across town every Sunday night to get one good meal a week at the Hare Krishna temple. I loved it. And much of what I stumbled into by following my curiosity and intuition turned out to be priceless later on. Let me give you one example. Reed College at that time offered perhaps the best calligraphy instruction in the country. Throughout the campus, every poster, every label on every drawer was beautifully hand calligraphed. Because I had dropped out and didn't have to take the normal classes, I decided to take a calligraphy class to learn how to do this. I learned about serif and sans serif typefaces, about varying the amount of space between different letter combinations, about what makes great typography great. It was beautiful, historical, artistically subtle in a way that science can't capture, and I found it fascinating. None of this had even a hope of any practical application in my life. But 10 years later, when we were designing the first Macintosh computer, it all came back to me. And we designed it all into the Mac. It was the first computer with beautiful typography. If I had never dropped in on that single course in college, the Mac would have never had multiple typefaces or proportionally spaced fonts. And since Windows just copied the Mac, it's likely that no personal computer would have them. Most of you have already gathered that this is THE Steve Jobs, a man that revolutionized personal technology so effectively that even after his death, his Apple brand has become one of the most valuable in the world, despite some of the controversy it's stirred in recent times. When Jobs passed in 2011, he was worth 10.2 billion. He could buy a few oil rigs. And yes, he drew a blank when it came to his future, but he never stopped moving and he never stopped learning. Perhaps that's what made him into the giant he would become. Some kids may be tempted to boil this story down to an oversimplified message and run away with it. You can drop out of college and still be a billionaire! Well, yeah, yeah, you can. But Steve Jobs didn't drop out just to escape hard work or structured work. He dropped out because he understood the value of money. He cared for his adopted parents and their financial well-being. In fact, he didn't actually stop going to college when he dropped out. So yes, maybe if you're money savvy, passionate, and a tech genius, or at least have a plan for alternative education, you can dive into your own pool of $100 bills later. 
But drawing a blank doesn't mean the work stops. Sometimes it just means changing what work you're doing. This is tip number two when you've drawn a blank. Never stop moving, never stop learning. Act two and tip number three, meditation. Drawing a blank on purpose. Perhaps you're not drawing a blank because your mind is too empty. Maybe it's too cluttered. Here's where my good buddy meditation comes in. When it comes to the benefits of meditation, I used to consider the practice about as useful as singing chants and dancing around a bonfire. I had no idea there were actually scientists, bona fide educated disciples of the scientific method, who had dedicated years of their lives to understanding meditation. Why would they do this? Because meditation is more than a superstition or a religion. The benefits of meditation are well-studied, well-documented, and prescribed as one of the most effective tools you can use to increase your mental health. If you're unfamiliar with meditation, here's a crash course. There's many different ways to meditate. Yes, some people find a temple, pretzel their legs, and hum, Om. Power to them. But meditation doesn't really require all that. All it really takes is being deliberately aware of the present. In other words, when you're meditating, you're not thinking about the past or the future. You're not thinking of that really frustrating scam caller from this morning or making plans for your next appointment. In a way, you're drawing a blank on purpose and only selecting a few things from the present moment to focus on. It could be how your breathing feels, what the room sounds like, or the sensation of the sun on your skin. Anything peaceful that draws your awareness to the present moment and limits distractions. According to Headspace, one of the leaders in accessible meditation services, when you begin meditating, you should expect your mind to be busy, easily distracted, and restless, if not more so. Just because you've chosen to sit and meditate doesn't mean you'll suddenly experience uninterrupted calm in the same way you'd never expect to tame a wild horse overnight. There is no such thing as good or bad meditation. There is only awareness or non-awareness. The moment you realize you're lost in thought, that's awareness, and that's when you return to the object of focus, usually the breath. This is all you have to keep doing. Return from your distracted thought to the breath, all the time honing your awareness. With perseverance, the periods between awareness and distraction will get longer and longer. Thank you, Headspace. But what is the purpose of meditation? This is where our bona fide scientists come in. Thanks to their research, we now understand that meditation can reduce stress, increase focus, improve mood, increase compassion towards oneself and others, reduce aggression, improve work experience, relieve depression and anxiety, reduce the effects of aging, the list goes on. Those who practice meditation on a regular basis, even just 10 minutes most days, may report that their sleep has improved, they've been able to lose unhealthy weight, their relationships are better, and they can better tolerate pain. And there's not even any negative side effects. In fact, meditation may even help increase your lifespan without requiring you to pop a single pill. So do you have to be a Buddhist, a hippie, a yogi, or a vegan to appreciate meditation? No. Really, the only requirement is that you're a fan of peace of mind. If you like the sound of that but can't fathom taking 10 minutes of your hectic schedule to sit down and do nothing on purpose, I'm right there with you. I'd like to share one little gem I found. A specific meditation for the busiest of people or the most beginner meditators. It can take as little as one minute, maybe even less, or last about as long as you like. All it requires is one glass of water. I'm going to guide you through this one-minute meditation right now. 
If you're not prepared to engage right now, I'll give you a little hint. If you visit our website under the post titled, Three Tips When Drawing a Blank, Solid Advice from the Smartest of the Stumped, then you'll find a download for this meditation, and you can try it when you're ready. I'm going to put on my very best velvety voice for this one. You don't want to miss that, do you? (laughs) Alright, any beverage will do, though I prefer a chilled glass of water. If you really want to get fancy, add your favorite hints of flavor, like a squeeze of lemon, a few cucumber slices. Remember, our goal here is to focus on the present, and that glass of whatever beverage will become our whole world for the next little bit. Are you ready? Take it in your hand. Feel the texture of your cup. Is it smooth glass underneath your fingers? Perhaps a subtle pattern? Close your eyes and take a few seconds just to focus on the feel of the vessel. Is it a different temperature? Can you feel the pads of your fingers growing subtly warmer or cooler? as they press against the cup. You can open your eyes if you choose. Raise the cup to your lips, but don't drink yet. How does the fluid look inside your glass? Focus on the small ripples and the way the weight changes in your hand as the liquid gathers quietly on one side of the cup, then another. With the glass so close, take a deep breath through your nose. How is the air different? Is there a different smell? Perhaps a refreshing moisture or the tempting scent of the drink? Focus on the way your breath feels as it carries the breeze from your drink over your lip and into your nose. Breathe it deeply into your stomach, feeling yourself expand, then slowly exhale. If you like, let the fluid gently touch your lip. Feel how it moves over your closed mouth. Then, when you're ready, Close your eyes and take a sip. What is the sensation like? Is it cooling your tongue? How does it feel on the other surfaces of your mouth? Can you detect any flavors, maybe something you haven't noticed before? Take another sip when you're ready. Keep your eyes closed and focus on whatever feelings are coming from the liquid. When you're ready, swallow and feel the fluid move deeper inside you. Maybe it cools you down from the inside out. Or maybe it warms you up. Repeat this cycle, feeling the cup, breathing in the moisture, and focusing on your sips as long as you like. When you're nearly finished, open your eyes. Take a couple deep breaths through your nose and into your stomach. Don't forget to finish with a little smile. Hopefully, you're more prepared to face whatever task comes next. I love this meditation because there are very few tasks that can't wait 60 seconds for me to practice some mindfulness. That means I can pause almost any hectic moment to recharge my mind and strengthen my resolve. Whether you're a day trader or a stay-at-home mom, sometimes a small break can make a huge difference and give you what you need to tackle your business deals or address your screaming little ones with love instead of murder. And remember, the more you practice, the better you'll become at staying focused and serene even after the meditating is over. Most meditation experts believe that consistent meditation is far more effective than long meditation. In other words, 10 minutes a day will likely get you farther than 2 hours once a week. So in the name of your health and your happiness, I dare you to draw that blank. 
I dare you to forget yesterday and tomorrow for a few minutes and just focus on the forgotten, incredible details of right now. Who knows what other blanks will get filled once you give your mind a chance to breathe. That is the end of today's stories. Now we invite you to join us for our weekly Silver Liners Challenge, which is designed to be an easy, actionable step you can take to help boost your week and help you survive hell. Here it is! The Silver Liners Challenge! The next time you draw a blank, apply one of the lessons from today's podcast. One, find a change of scenery. Two, don't stop learning. Or three, take some time to turn that blank into a meditation session. Feel free to share your experiences in the comments of our website, www.survivorsguidetohell.com or on our Facebook page. This is a podcast version of our sister production, A Survivor's Guide to Hell, the blog. This podcast gives you a way to access our content when you're driving, cleaning house, or Googling how to exchange your Apple for an Android. But if you'd like to see the videos and pictures that often accompany our posts, like a free download of today's meditation, check out our website at www.survivorsguidetohell.com where you'll also find much more information, including our storytelling code of ethics. We're always looking for cool news stories. If you have something to share, please visit our site and drop us a line. And remember, if you liked this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. This is usually where I talk about our budget and how you can contribute by visiting the support page on our website. But I want you to know that there are things you can do to support Survivor's Guide to Hell that mean a lot more than money which includes sharing these episodes, subscribing, or even just contacting us. If you'd like more ideas, please visit our website under the Join Us page and see what you can do to help out. Last but not least, our cheesy joke of the week! What did one mindful meditator say to the other mindful meditator? Are you not thinking what I'm not thinking? Alright everybody, I hope you have an excellent Monday. 